0: Alright, greetings. Welcome back. It's Better's Last Stand, show number 72 coming coming to you from the Pine Room Studio, downtown Wheeling, across the hall from our wonderful Watchdog Studio where we're on seven hours a week. Be sure and check us out Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. we got a big show coming up this Friday, so you're going to want to check it out. A couple of good guests, and uh, we have a very exciting uh, thing to uh, announce. Our Lunch Madness is kicking off, so it um, should be a... Uh, Really good time. We're going to have Isaac Basinger on talking on the Nailing It Down segment, talking about Wheeling Nailers. And then we have Kurt Stein, former uh, Wheeling Central football player, uh, went to Marshall University and now coaches over in Maryland. He's had a really successful coaching career so far. So uh, we got those two guests on Friday as well as the Lunch Madness bracket unveiling. So uh, good stuff happening right now. We're down to the uh, Super Bowl right now. The final two teams as everything is set. We'll recap those games from the conference championship round and uh, go down some of the things that uh, happened in the weekend of sports. Uh, Sam will join us in the final segment of the show. So we look forward to that. We got the bush Light clash coming up this week from the Los Angeles Coliseum. So it's going to be awesome. Good to have NASCAR back. We're close to uh, season, just two weeks away from Daytona. So uh, this Sunday will be two weeks away. So that's that's really good news. Football winding down and now uh, some of the better sports starting to kick into gear right now. Uh, English Premier League has uh, got some midweek games going on right now so a little bit of activity happening around the sports world here. Big college basketball card uh, coming up the rest of the week as well. Alright, so we had another really good week last week. Uh, we uh, we, were up th- we were up 38 units uh, over the last two weeks up about 15 and a half units last week alone. So it was a pretty good one. Our, our golfs um, I didn't even I not count the golfs in there because I don't know how people will bet them. So it really it, it's hard to um, just give you a basic play because I haven't been specific enough in in there. Just kind of giving out my, my top plays each week. We were six and three though cut wise. So if you played those guys top twenties and top tens, you, you you had some winners definitely. Still haven't hit it outright. Another bomber comes in there. We'll talk about that later in the show. We've got Pebble Beach Pro Am this week, so another good tournament there. Uh, but as I said, up over 15 units on the week, which is really good. Up 38 for the last two. Uh, we, I was two and one in college basketball, four and three in the NFL, five and one in tennis. In uh, Sabalenka comes through, wins the women's final. Um, Would have really had a nice one there if Medvedev could have held on against Sinner. Uh, uh, Zverev was up big on Medvedev, come back in or Medvedev came back and beat him. Then Medvedev was up big on Sinner, Sinner come back and beat him. So, uh, the men's, we had uh, we had the final four almost perfect, um, but we did not get home with anybody that we needed to. But Sabalenka comes through at around five and a half to one or so. If you could have got her around six, even some places. Uh, Sviatek, again, way, way, way too low of a price, uh, too short on a hard court. And it just stands the reason that Sabalenka is the most dominant player on a hard court right now. She and Coco Goff, who was a matchup in the semifinal, are the two best on the hard courts right now. Uh, Elena Rubakina was upset. She's pretty good on there as well, but hard courts. Sabalenka just exceptional. She really is. Um, and you know, if, if Coco doesn't have that incredible crowd behind her in uh, New York and Flushing Meadows back in the fall, Sabalenka probably would have won that match too. She she's probably outplayed her uh, in in the last two meetings uh, significantly. But you know, Coco golf's very good, and she's still very young. So expect them to have many, many, many more duels. Uh, as they both grow into their career. But it's nice to see Sabalenka, a girl who really, really struggled with the mental game uh, a few years ago and has really put it together, wins back-to-back Australian Opens. It's really a credit to her. It's awesome to see. And uh, it's nice to see a Belarusian athlete win because everyone just hates Belarusian people because of this war that's going on and really has nothing to do with her. She lives in Florida most of her life and, like, but they don't even put her flag up on the on the uh, damn screen. So it's just it's just total disrespect for uh, for these athletes, and it's disgusting, quite honestly. And that's why ESPN should be ashamed of itself. Uh, ESPN is the worst uh, sports network going right now they're absolutely terrible they're total garbage sometimes you don't have a choice though you gotta you gotta watch it so mute it and uh watch what you can watch uh and avoid it at all costs any of their opinion shows or talk shows they're just littered with idiots there's nobody with any uh good opinions or any real brains uh out there at all they're all a bunch of raving morons and uh it just shows that from the top they're they're just they're a, a wacko nut job uh just uh I don't know they're theyre they're out trying to make political statements when they're supposed to be a sports network uh, just not not what we uh, envisioned when that network came along all those years ago and was uh, basically the highlight of every American household who likes sports uh, but not anymore those days are over so uh, sad that the tennis is over it always depresses me when the majors are done two weeks goes fast and now you got to go back to watching this garbage these entitled idiots on TV playing basketball and football so Definitely not my favorite thing, but the good news is i uh, got to wait a couple months and we have the French Open coming up in the late spring, so that'll be good there. Uh, all right, so as I said, up 38 units over the last two weeks. Sam hits his anytime touchdown last week with Zay Flowers, so he was a little bit ahead. He had Aguilar and Flowers. Uh, Coach nothing, Chris nothing. I want to know last week again with the Kansas City is my best bet against my Ravens team, which is sad, but... Kind of knew was going to happen. Uh, I'm 19 and 11 in my best bets on the football season. So that'll be winding down. They only got one more left, and uh, then it's uh, bedtime for football until next August. And that is a great feeling for someone like me. 35 days until AFL kicks off. Uh, really excited about that. So looking forward to that. So let's recap these games. The Conference championship game, start with the AFC game. I uh, was over at Abbey's. We had our uh, Abbey's Football Club party over there. Thanks to Joey and everybody over there. His staff does a wonderful job. It was really, really fun. So if you haven't checked out Abbey's or if you haven't gone into the, the football pool, it's really fun. Uh, you pick the winners each week, uh, just straight up. You don't have to do spreads or anything. Uh, you can have a partner or play alone, and uh, they, they threw a hell of a party for you, Any anything you want to drink for as long as you want. and. Great food and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a really fun time. So, uh, I suggest to anybody get a friend, get in that league and uh, and have a little bit of fun because it's uh, NFL's not very fun to watch or do anything. But at least if you follow the Abby sheet gives you something because uh, it can be quite excruciating to watch when you're just uh, betting point spreads and it can be very frustrating. But the Abbey's league is very fun. So, anyway, I was over there watching that with uh, a bunch of our, our group. Our uh, George Kettlewell coaching tree. He's the one that got us all in there. So, thanks to Champ for uh, inviting all of us, and we have had a long lineage of guys joining up in the last few years, and it's been a great time. I was over there watching that with a bunch of guys. Um, I knew, I said last week, I thought the Chiefs would win. Um, I love the Chiefs plus the points. I, I was hopeful that, that something would change with the Ravens, that they were really going to make a commitment to running the ball, and that, that they were their toughness was going to show, and you know they were going to be able to, you know, get Lamar a couple big plays out of play action or on on the ground by, by design runs or anything. But uh, the game plan, to say the least, was a complete letdown. It was, uh, it, it was really, really awful. And uh, I don't know if it's Todd Munkin who to blame or, or who's to blame or, or Harbaugh. I can't imagine it would be Harbaugh. But um, Todd Munkin was, uh, he proved why he was been in college for several years because that game was too big for him. He was trying to out Fox. Uh, Steve Spagnola, who's been around doing this a lot longer than than Munken has in the pros, and that was a terrible idea. He just he wanted to make Lamar Jackson into a passing quarterback again, and, and it's you know, and I, and I, people argue with me a lot about it. Is like, well, he's a great passer. He's a great passer. I, I don't question that his mechanics are are pretty good, and he throws the ball nicely down the field. I, I don't question that, but he's not a read through his progressions and thread the needle passer he's just simply not gonna do it uh, he's not able to do that at a high level he's just not gonna do it and I don't know how many times you're gonna make this mistake that we don't run to run the ball and mean uh, you run the ball six times with your running backs I mean top running game in the league no design runs for him maybe one I, I don't I don't even know but the game plan was uh, was awful uh, the coaching um coaching matchup was completely lopsided Kansas City just owned owned the game and uh they had the better quarterback in the uh better player on the field and that was Mahomes. and the Kansas City defense was awesome and the Ravens still had chances they had say flowers fumbles at the one yard line acts like an idiot uh you get a taunting penalty and another point in the game which cost them a lot of yardage um you know and then Lamar Jackson with an awful interception like there was 10 minutes to go in a game and you're throwing his hail mary up in the air to three chiefs um it was just it was very disappointing, but it was not surprising in in any regard. Um, I keep everybody would say to me, Well, you're 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 not very positive or you know, that's your team, you're not very positive. Well, you gotta be realistic. You gotta be able to watch your team. And if you watch the team every week, you knew, okay, this team's very good, very good. But if they try to deviate from what has worked for them all season, they will not succeed in the playoffs. And that's what That's what the worst teams do, and uh, that was an awful, awful performance, and I'm sure John Harbaugh is going to be thinking about that for a long time, why he abandoned the running game uh, against a really bad run defense. And, uh, yeah, it was just – there's really not much else to say about it. Uh, The Raven defense played well enough to win the game again, which I expected them to do. Uh, Under was a good one for us. Uh, The game did go over the first half, so we were – Basically three and one in our picks in that game. Kansas City money line, Kansas City plus the points, and then under for the game, the over for the, uh, we had under in this first half, but that one went over. So, but um, you know, from a betting standpoint, it was a pretty easy game to predict for me. Um, but from a uh, fan standpoint, and I have nothing against Kansas City, so I'll I'll uh, I'll be on them probably in this Super Bowl anyway. So we'll talk more about that later. But moving over to the NFC, um, well another game where uh, maybe, I don't know, I guess the first game the Chiefs were the better team pretty much through the the entire game due to the the antics of the Ravens. But um, this game, the the Lions and the Packers the last two weeks have basically outplayed the 49ers for 30-plus minutes of a game and both lost. And that right there tells me that those teams are not ready to make the jump. Um, their coaches are both very, 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 very shaky. Uh, I know everybody loves Dan Campbell and everybody loves Matt Lafleur. I, I personally don't think either one of them are that good. Uh, I think Dan Campbell is a good motivator. I do think that, but he would be better served coaching like uh, the line, offensive line, or something, uh, I, or I, well, something along those lines. He's he's when a game comes down to where you have to make split second. Important decisions that give your team the opportunity to win. I just don't think he's able to separate his emotions from it and make those decisions. And it shows time and time again. And in the regular season, everybody will just say, "Oh well, uh, it doesn't make it that much of a difference that he's going for it on these fourth downs, or he's, you know, they're getting a penalty against Dallas and they're still going forward on a, on a two point conversion and they're just silly, silly stuff that the guy did all year." that nobody ever wants, everybody, oh, I love Dan Campbell, he rolls the dice. That that doesn't win you any games. Like, that's, like, how many times does rolling the dice win you a game? I mean, how many times? I I don't remember it doing it very often. Oh, Chelsea. Chelsea, Liverpool, three, or two-nothing Liverpool. Chelsea just had a chance. They cut into the lead, and they can't score. That was an easy tapping for Mudrick. Oh, sorry about that. Anyway, back to Dan Campbell. He is, uh... He's a train wreck, in my opinion. And again, I don't think he's a terrible coach, but when it comes down to winning a big game, I just don't think he'll ever do it. He'll be able to get over the hump to ever do it because he is now gambling. You are gambling. Do you want to gamble or do you want somebody who's going to be able to say, I know exactly what I need here. I'm going to execute it. My team is prepared for this. We will execute this play. We will win the game. I don't want to have to flip a coin up in the air. That's what that is. It's flipping a coin. When you're gambling on these fourth downs and going for it, when you have a chance at three points, and I'm not guaranteeing a field goal in those circumstances, but Dan Campbell, he's got to be able to say, okay, what can I do here? I need I need to get this back to a three score game. I'm going to kick this ball because it's 46 yards, it's makeable. We're inside, or well, actually, we're not inside, but we're in pretty decent weather. Um, but this, the decisions that he makes. Uh, they blow my mind, and I'm not blaming him for the game. You know, Gibbs fumbled on the next drive after the 49ers got it back and scored the first time. They come right back. They get 14 points in like three minutes, four, three and a half minutes, whatever it was, um, and then the Lions just you know can never really recover and get the momentum back. San Francisco played a very, very suspect game there. The Lions' defensive line was blowing the 49er offensive line off the ball the entire game. Um, and that's something that you know has been a concern to people that have watched the 49ers as their offensive line. But uh, the Niners made enough plays to get it done. Uh, they're a good team. I, I still don't love Kyle Shanahan. I just I think he's very, very, very overrated. But there's not that many guys that are probably equal to or better than him, so that's the problem. Um, you're just not going to get any better than that. We'll see if he can break through for the Super Bowl, if he's going to choke it away again. But Two really, really poor performances. I thought San Francisco would play a lot better game after the scare against Green Bay, but they did not. Um, they just had a, a little spurt of, of action to get the Ayuk, that fortunate catch that he made off the f- defender's helmet and a few other things that went their way. Uh, they made enough plays to win, though, and they have great players. So there's no, no doubting that, and there's no uh, saying that San Francisco isn't a deserving Super Bowl contestant because they are. Um, they, they've been a very good team all season, and, uh, you know, are, are, are a really strong roster. So I, I think, um, you know, hats off to them, hats off to the Chiefs. They make the plays, the experience pays off, and uh, the lack of, of coaching experience, on, especially on in the NFC with the, with the Packers and the Lions, I think it really, really, really worked against both those teams. I thought that uh, the timeout situation at the end when they're down, I didn't. I didn't understand what they were doing. So if you're gonna if you're gonna be trying to save clock, then you needed to use that timeout like 30 seconds before. But if you use it, you got to understand you you absolutely just took away probably a chance to get to get the ball back. So you would have had to have saved enough time to where you could have survived without having three timeouts to stop them on three plays and, and make them punt. Um, that's a lot to to uh, expect, especially against San Francisco, who can run so many different formations at you and be able to. Get those pass plays that are like run plays to keep the clock moving, make you use the timeout, but still get yards. So San Francisco is a tough team to stop three straight times and have them punt. So I don't think the Lions were capable of doing that. He probably should have, as soon as he got in field goal range, close chip shot range, should have probably kicked. Then you're saving, um, you're saving almost up the the two minute warning. And then maybe you got a shot. Maybe San Francisco gets a penalty because you had been in their backfield all day. And then maybe they're behind the chains and maybe you can stop them and get the ball back. But the Lions lost the game when they uh, made some silly decisions. uh, Not kicking that field goal to go up 17 again. uh, Had it gone in. And then the fumble with Gibbs. uh, You know, that's nothing the coaches can do about that. It's just a bad play and the momentum definitely swung at that point. But uh, San Francisco... Uh, came out and made the plays they needed to make to win the game. So uh, hats off to them. Hats off to the Chiefs for getting it done when they needed to because they're both those teams, uh, during times this year, San Francisco looked like pretty like they were pretty good the entire season. Uh, they went through that little lull where they lost three in a row. Debo Samuel was out and stuff like that. But then they got it rolling back. But they haven't really played well the last, like, five weeks of the season. And, you know, obviously they had a buy in there. um but they have not played very well since then, so or since uh, maybe the game against I can't remember if it was Buffalo or, or Philadelphia. Um, now nah, Philadelphia is a ways back, but whoever they beat up pretty good. There was one pretty decent team they beat kind of late in the season, but they, they've they've struggled to get momentum and play a, a full game. And I think that'll cost them. All the Chiefs have played uh, pretty well since probably at Christmas Day when they got embarrassed by the Raiders. So. Um, should be an exciting game. We'll talk plenty more about that in segment number two. But uh, a few things to go through um, with you here. Uh, just the, uh, the Super Bowl is expected to have a record-setting handle, so keep an eye out for that. It's going to be uh, it's going to be incredible how much stuff's out there. It's amazing. And Patrick Mahomes, we'll get to this later, but I wanted to mention this now. 10-1-1 ATS is a dog, 9-3 straight up. Uh, just, you know. The dude the dude is incredibly good and he keeps getting disrespected and I just don't I don't understand it. Like in, in not to jump ahead, but to me the wrong team's favorite in this game. Um I, I just I just don't to me the AFC power rated out by the end of the season. It was clearly better than the NFC, although it was part of the season where I thought maybe the NFC was a little top heavy but the teams were better than the AFCs. But the AFC had a lot of depth, um, down to even teams like Cleveland and Houston. I mean, these these were good teams, so um, I think the wrong team's favorite here. I think San Francisco's power rating is incredibly uh, lopsided. Um, I'm not saying Chiefs should be favored by a touchdown, but I thought the Chiefs should be minus one or two in this game. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, switching gears a little bit here, going over to hockey here. Goal in the first 10 minutes. Hockey heads into its all-star break this week. It's a Saturday. Um, it's well, I don't even want to call it a game because it's a, basically a tournament. It'll have each of the divisions uh, in a three-on-three team, like the players from each division's teams make up their roster, they play a, uh, there's, there's two semifinal games and then a final, so really don't know um, what the, I haven't seen any numbers on this yet, so they were waiting, they finalized the rosters yesterday, a couple of guys that were questionable or they're not playing, uh, Jack Hughes is out, uh, Jesper Bratt comes in for him from the Devils. So um, they're finalizing the roster, so I'm I'm assuming we'll have something made up tomorrow for uh, the numbers on that game on the first matchups. I don't know who plays first, who the Metropolitan Division plays first, or the Atlantic. Uh, So check those out. So follow us on Twitter, BLS underscore PRP, and at the Pine Room Studios. Um, I'll I'll, I'll have a play on that game for sure um, on those first two semifinal games. Probably a play on the total and probably a play on, on a side for sure and probably a team to win the tournament. But uh, that's Saturday afternoon and evening event from Toronto, so should be something worth worth checking out there. Um, We also got the Pro Bowl on Sunday, which would be absolutely awful. At least this hockey thing somewhat looks like a real game, uh, at least for the overtime, like an overtime game in a real game. Uh, NHL stuff here uh, as far as uh, ATS numbers, or however you want to look at this goal in the first 10. I guess that's not really ATS, but... um, From a betting statistical viewpoint, here are the teams right now that are the best with a goal scored in the first 10 minutes. You got Tampa at 35 and 15, Minnesota 34 and 15, Ottawa 31 and 14. And then the last 10, Seattle and Montreal on an 8 and 2 run, Ottawa 19 and 5 run, goal yes in the first 10, goal no in the first 10, Winnipeg 30 and 17 on the season, and Nashville's on an 8 and 2 run, no goal in the first 10 minutes first periods overs and unders over Ottawa 31 and 14 Vancouver 32 and 17 St. Louis 31 and 17 and streaks right now Ottawa 19 and 5 run over in the first period And Seattle and Colorado both on an 8 and 2 run over one and a half in the first period unders for the first period Winnipeg 7 and 3 Nashville 9 and 1 run to the under Uh, that's interesting stuff there uh, second period and third period over streaks here. We got an overrun for Seattle, the Kraken, nine and one second period overs. And then you got a slew of teams at eight and two second period overs right now on an eight and two run. So that means eight of their last ten have gone over the posted total for a second period, whether that's one and a half, two, or two and a half. Los Angeles Kings, New Jersey Devils, Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche, New York Islanders, and the Florida Panthers, all eight and two over. In the second period, third period overs, Seattle and Montreal both on eight and two runs. Now, the only problem with this is, given you this data, um, it'll be fresh coming off the break, but the, the coming off the All-Star break has been really weird. Uh, you, you've seen sometimes the games trend to the under. Teams are a little sloppy. Teams are a little tired. Well, actually, they're refreshed, but they're kind of, I don't want to say, it's a different kind of tire, not like their body's tired, but they're getting back into the flow of things. They haven't, haven't practiced in a few days. They haven't done a whole lot. Um, so maybe they did got to get the blood flowing a little bit more again. So the games can kind of be slow and a little bit more uh, deliberate, I guess. But um, keep an eye out for those. Because the, the the one interesting, interesting tidbit is the team's coming back off the All-Star break. It's looked, it's looked like in the past, like if you're a team that played a game, say you say you came back from the All-Star break, you played on Tuesday night, and then you have another game Thursday against a team who hasn't played yet coming off the All-Star break. Um, those numbers over the past couple of years have favored the team that had played, uh, strangely enough. So it, it, it's getting that blood flowing again, getting your crispness back and your passing and just all your your team and your lines all in sync has seemed to work in your favor. So uh, beware of that. Find a team out there that you'll like anyway. And then if they had played a game earlier in the week and then play against a team who hasn't, Seems like it could be a, an advantage for you. So, uh, NHL All Star Game, kind of a, you know, the point in the season where now it's teams are going to have to start making moves. Whether they're going to go for it, they're going to dump some people. See what the Penguins do. They probably can't really upgrade their roster a whole lot right now with what they have to offer, and they should not trade any any picks. I would like to see them trade uh, trade uh, Jari. I think that would be a great move. Um, I I think teams would die to have him, and I I just he just does not have the mental makeup to be able to win in the playoffs. There's just no way that's happening. So, um, I I I would cut bait on him immediately, but the team seems like they just don't want to do that, and they're going to continue to stick with him. And they're going to you know they wasted all this money on him, so they'll keep him around. I would I would get rid of him right now because uh, statistically, if you don't watch him every night, you might not realize, but the guy's just not a competitor. He's just not. He's talented but he's just not a competitor And I think that really works against him But we'll see what happens uh, coming up after the break. We'll see if anybody makes a trade. There's going to be some teams that need to make a couple acquisitions. It could be pretty dangerous. I mentioned a few of those last week. If you haven't checked that out, go back and watch the show. Um, I gave out a few teams that I thought, if they can make some acquisitions at the deadline, they could be dangerous. Same thing applies in the NBA. I believe their trade deadline is next week as things uh, start to get down to crunch time here. You got the Bucs with a new coach now, got the Lakers really struggling bad, you got the Celtics. A little bumpy right now. Sixers, MB got hurt. So, lots of things, lots of weird stuff. Uh, Oklahoma City seems like they're kind of hitting the wall. So, NBA, uh, we'll talk to Sam, get his opinion on that. But still, so many things. uh, The Heat also struggling badly right now. So, no idea who's going to make a a move here that's going to put them over the top. The Knicks right now playing some of the best basketball of anybody. I didn't really think they were built to be able to win in the playoffs, but talking about maybe they're going to get Malcolm Brogdon. So that could be something that could could uh, you know help them. Uh, I still don't think they're going to have enough to beat those really good teams in the East. But we'll keep an eye on that. Um, it's, it's getting near to that point where it's like, okay, it's time to get the roster locked in and see who's going to make a run at this. You'll have some buyouts. You'll have some free agents getting bought out and then signed by another team at the league minimum to try to chase a championship. Uh, rest assured that LeBron, who, Cries every single night about something. Will be crying for some help. Uh, it's just poor LeBron. It's just never fair to him. He always gets the worst of the officiating. He never, never get the good players. He's just such a liar and a baby. And uh, I can't wait till he's done. But anyway, enough talking about that disgusting NBA. It's just it's a horrible, horrible uh, thing to even discuss. So a couple teams that have caught my eye, college basketball wise, um, that have started to play pretty good or have played pretty good, just kind of under the radar that I want to add to some of the teams that I gave you out a couple of weeks ago. Indiana State, 18-3. and They're in the Missouri Valley. Pretty good league, pretty good team. Keep an eye on them going forward, and then Dayton, 17-3 on the season. Both these teams seem to be um, kind of like veteran latent teams that maybe could be sneaky in the tournament and uh, maybe knock off a couple teams, maybe get Sweet 16 or Lead 8, something like that. I'm not saying you're going to have a repeat of Florida Atlantic again as Liverpool goes up 3 to nothing now. I Horrible showing by Chelsea here in uh, at Anfield, but can't say I'm too surprised about that. Uh, but anyway, Indiana State and uh, Dayton both playing pretty well. And then New Mexico, I gave that one out earlier in the season. They're 18-3, having a really good season. Top 30, I think, in Ken Palm rating. So keep it on New Mexico, too. We'll see how these teams do in their conference tournaments. We're going to talk plenty more college basketball here when the Super Bowl is finally over, start breaking down some of these teams that maybe can uh, – Finish out the season, win their leagues. A lot of competitive uh, leagues right now. Big Twelve is the best league in college basketball without question. ACC might be the worst. They're only about maybe two teams are going to get in right now. Duke and North Carolina at this point. I, I'm not sure Clemson can get in. They're not very good. Miami, Miami's just young now. They're they have some veteran guys, but they they're missing. They lost two really really key like seven year seniors from last year. So. Um, they're still; they could probably beat just about anybody, but they they're very inconsistent. They're not nearly as good on defense, but uh, I'm, they're continuing to get better with Coach Larranaga. I'm, I'm certain of that. And uh, there'll be a team that will have to de- make a deep run in the ACC tournament to probably make it. They lost to NC State the other night; it was not very good. There's just a lot of a lot of bad teams in that league right now. Virginia is just not very good. Wake Forest is no good. Boston College, Syracuse, NC State is just not good at all. Georgia Tech upset North Carolina the other night. They're okay, but Duke's not even really that good. North Carolina's pretty good. Uh, bad, bad league. Big Ten, a little top-heavy. Bottom team's not that good, but there's probably about five teams in the Big Ten that I think are are pretty solid. Um, obviously, you have Purdue, who's uh, you know the perennial uh, dominant team in, in the league anymore, and then uh, Illinois is playing pretty well. Michigan State's okay. Northwestern's pretty good. I uh, know I'm forgetting a couple other ones, but... Um, uh, The league's not bad Bottom part of the league's not very good at all um, you, you start getting in these teams that can't win on a road And Iowa and Indiana and Maryland They're just eh, not even really tournament teams to me So hopefully they'll, uh, the committee will take some of these mid-majors And uh, put them in instead of these uh, big power conferences Which I'm sure they won't Because the power conferences bribe them not to do that and it's kind of a rigged job, and uh, still yet the uh, small schools always seem to find a way to be able to beat some of those big schools, which is always kind of enjoyable, especially in the modern-day basketball. Um, And then you have, you know, Pac-12 is not very good. Big 12, far and away the best. Really only two teams that you got to say are just not good at all, and that's WVU and uh, Oklahoma State. And West Virginia actually can win some games on their home floor. They've proven that with wins over Kansas and Texas. But... Uh, plenty more college hoops to come i'm going to start giving out some uh look ahead futures that i'm going to bet uh i've given you some teams uh over the past few months that i've been taking a look at all of which other than a couple of those teams arkansas and ole miss ew, they're not going to make it they've uh, both fallen on hard times just no consistency out of those two teams but other than that some of those look ahead numbers that we gave way back are uh looking still okay and we'll probably uh reinvest in some of those teams and uh, get on some other ones here in the coming weeks. But we're going to take a break here. Better's less than episode number 72 coming to you from the Pine Room Studios. And we will be back after the break to talk about some uh, golf, which is nice to keep doing, and then get into the football plays here. Our early, uh, there's some props I want to go through for the for the Super Bowl. Um, nothing super finalized yet. I want to see, see how some things play out, how the number moves a little bit but I'm going to give you my first instincts on the game and some of the props that I like. We'll talk about that after the break. It's Better's Last Stand from the Pine Room Studio. We'll be back after this.
1: Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand.
0: Alright, welcome back in Better's Last Stand, episode number 72. Matt coming to you from the Pine Room studio here, flying solo. We got Sam coming up in the third portion of the show. Alright, a couple things to go through here. Um, some industry things, some stuff that stands out. But first, I want to remind you, this show... As always, brought to you by our good friends at IC Cab, serving the Ohio Valley for your transportation needs. Oh, I was getting ready to sneeze. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> ooh. Uh, anyway, IC, IC Cab, serving the Ohio Valley for all your transportation needs. 304 232 1313. Or download the IC Cab app today. IC Cab always working. Get your IC cab arranged for the Nailer games this weekend. Nailer's in town as they host the Orlando Solar Bears for three Friday, Saturday, and Sunday down at West Banco Arena. Be lining up my IC cab for that one uh, Friday night. Uh, maybe Saturday as well as you got uh, pucks and pups night, so you can take your dog to the game on Saturday if you so choose. And then Sunday afternoon matinee, first uh, two games, 7-10, puck drops, 4-10, on Sunday, but again, thanks to our friends at IC Cab for all their continued support. Uh, we talk about them quite a bit on the radio as well. So tune into The Watchdog on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday for action-packed Pine Room uh, shows that uh, you're not going to want to miss. But anyway, thanks to Phil and everybody over at IC Cab for everything they've done for us. Um, they're uh, top, top, top of the line, that's for sure. Okay, let's go through some industry stuff here that we want to talk about. Uh, If you haven't seen this one, LSU's uh, Keyshawn Boutte, who now plays for the Patriots, uh, was arrested for an illegal sports betting probe down in Louisiana uh, earlier this week. He apparently made almost 9,000 bets during this time period. He was underage. He was using false accounts. Uh, If you want to check out the story, um, I think David Perdom from ESPN has got a really good write-up on it. Uh, just fascinating stuff, the, the aliases that he used, using his mom's uh, credit card. And the probably the most interesting part of it to me is when he was betting on himself for to score touchdowns and to get his yards over. And uh, they, there's the game last year, the beginning of the season, against Florida State where they... Uh, LSU won the game, and he's pouting on the sidelines, and his teammates are, like, consoling him, and he's mad because it turns out he would bet himself to score a touchdown and, like, get over 80-something yards, and he only had, like, two catches or whatever. So you had uh, that element to it as well. So um, I just don't understand these guys thinking that they can get away with this. It's, uh, it's quite amazing. But, uh, yeah, read that. It's an incredible read, uh, just all the things that he was able to get away with there uh, illegally. Uh, Nevada Gaming Control. Speaking of monitoring bets, they were hacked this past week. I don't know what become of that, but that's uh, quite a bad thing for them. They want to be very careful. You have a lot of uh, things that are going on there that that they're overseeing, and uh, access to people's records and things would be one of those. So, not good. If you're Nevada gaming, you want to clean that up. And uh, remember, these people are brilliant, so you better not skimp on uh, cybersecurity. That's for sure. And a lot of the Properties on the strip have found that out the hard way, uh, and then you had a fantasy football cheating scandal. I, I didn't realize, I didn't know about this till this morning, actually. So, National Fantasy Football Championship is what the the company's called. Acknowledged Wednesday that one of its employees used internal controls to make advantageous changes to contestants' rosters uh, after games had already kicked off, including swapping in players who had already scored a touchdown for players that hadn't in the lineup. So, this guy was—I'm assuming he's was a the guy. They didn't really say. But uh, this person was Switching lineups that were people that he Knew apparently to try to help them Win and he was getting something out of it so uh, They they gave an example of uh, Raheem Mostert and Then uh, it was the playoff game actually Somebody found it out so Somebody who played at a pretty high end Level like a high buy-in fee Took screenshots of all The teams they were playing against uh, Rosters before the Games kicked off and the the first round of the NFL playoffs. It was like super wild card weekend because the Dolphins were playing and the Packers were playing and so forth. But, um, so they took screenshots of these, uh, lineups and that's what caught, that's how they ended up reaching out to the company and said, Hey, this team X, Y, Z, they had Raheem Mostert in their lineup when the game started and he was accruing stats, you know, not, not as many as, uh, Aaron Jones, who they ended up substituting in for him, who and Aaron Jones had a had a huge, huge game uh, in the Packers uh, playoff game. So, yeah, so there there's cheating out there everywhere. I mean, it's just it's sickening that these that these people uh, can do this and think they're not going to get caught. But sometimes they don't, and it takes a while. And uh, you know, you're buying into this, and you want integrity, and that's what's so important about integrity in these gaming commissions monitoring this stuff. Is you just you want it to be legal. Um, but you got to have that integrity element to it or, or it can really uh, it becomes almost like a, uh, you know, back alley, back bar type betting again, where you're just they make the rules and you live by them. And uh, it's it can be it can be tricky, but um, we'll see where those cases go. But again, three interesting things happen in there in the uh, industry of sports betting. If you have any questions, always reach out, contact the pine room podcast dot com can uh, message us on Twitter as well BLS underscore PRP if you have any questions, observations, comments, anything you want to see us do more of, anything you want me to answer more about um, going through breaking things down, whether you want to start to get into round robin parlays or you want to know more about teasers or um, you know the Martingale system or whatever, whatever it is you might want to ask about sports betting Asian handicaps um, I'm here to serve, that's what I do on a daily basis and I'll be happy to um, go more in depth with that stuff um, if if it you know if it is uh beneficial to you out there so again thanks to all our listeners thanks to all the feedback that we get on the show we really appreciate everybody who follows us uh Chiefs are becoming a pretty big public dog uh, last week a lot of our books um, kind of' needing the ravens we needed the ravens pretty badly last week uh, 49ers not covering helped us a little bit but uh Chiefs are taking some public money now um they are, they have a Taylor Swift aspect of things, and then Patrick Mahomes catching points. I mean, I've been on them the last three weeks, so I can see why people are doing it. So you're getting some crossover there. You're getting some guys that are in the industry that follow it well that are on the Chiefs, and then you're getting a big slew of people that are you know, just falling in love with the Chiefs now. So, and there's that many more people that hate them. So it's weird. It's like... uh the newer fans now are on the Chiefs, whereas the longtime fans seem to be sick of the Chiefs. I, I, I personally am not, um, but you know, I just respect respect Patrick Mahomes a great deal. Uh, there's, there's a couple of these props before we get into the to the game props that I like. Super Bowl props: Kelsey to propose to T Swift after the game. Yes, plus one ninety. No, minus two fifty. I, I don't think I can go there with that one yet. Uh, and then these these were interesting things. Better better at Caesars, a $100,000 on tails already at minus 105. Um, don't really understand that. It's kind of just I got a lot of money I'm going to throw it down. Um, yeah, and then another guy, wagered $1 million on the 49ers money line already. So some big bets coming in. You're going to have some six, seven figures, lots of six figures, and then you're going to have some seven-figure bets on the game for sure. Uh, That's, jeez, Liverpool scores again 4-1 to one now. Uh, yikes, Chelsea getting absolutely lambasted here at Anfield. Uh, and then in some good news, some good news, finally some good news. Uh, Peter Angelos and John Angelos are selling the Baltimore Orioles. Boy, it's been a long time since I've been waiting to say those words. Those cheap bastards, They have, uh, they've, they've hired really good people, baseball people, who have drafted incredibly well. Their development has been superb. Uh, I cannot criticize them for that, but they will not spend money. They are as cheap—I'm not going to say cheaper, but they're as cheap as Bob Nutting. Uh, they they just, they just develop prospects so much better than the Pirates. The Pirates are terrible at that. Uh, but the Orioles are a team that really, in the next three or four years, should be a World Series favorite almost or a con- serious contender, whether they're making it to the ALCS a couple times in the next few years, at the very, very least— uh, they've got to get a couple veteran pieces to put in with those incredible prospects. And actually, not even really prospects anymore. These guys are Gunnar Henderson and these guys are Adley Rushman. These are the best of the best. You got Jackson Holiday coming up. I mean, these dudes are, there are so many good ones in there, and they've got to get a few extra pieces. And these guys just won't spend the money. Uh, and Angelos is going to make about a billion dollars. He bought the team for. million in the early 90s and is now going to sell for $1.7 billion. So, uh, GR to them, Uh, I hated the old man Angelos. I think he's still alive, but he's a bastard, and and the sun ain't any better. Uh, They're they're liars. They lied to the government in Maryland when they got that stadium lease. They told them they weren't going to sell the Orioles, and they did. But you know what? If I'm the government of Maryland, I'm happy because these guys are just greedy, just uh, asshole businessmen. just, you know, not not my kind of guy. Run him out of the city. Get him the hell out of there. Apparently, Cal Ripken may be involved with this ownership group coming in, too. So, maybe some baseball people actually know a little bit and can uh, say, hey, you know what? We need to bring a big veteran starter in here. We need to get uh, one more veteran guy in the clubhouse. You know, we got to have that. This team can do it. They're really, really good. So, anyway, that's enough baseball. We'll talk. I'll get Sam's opinions on that. Uh, a couple of bad beats from the week. VCU last night. Oh, this one hurts. They are getting four and a half from St. Bonaventure. They were up as many as twenty in the game. They blow the lead late and they foul with one second left. Lose the game by five as uh St. Bonaventure makes a couple free throws and they don't cover. That is a just a gut wrencher there. 67-62. The final, catching four and a half up by twenty. Oh, that stings bad. Colorado State the other night, six and a half on the spread. And if you had a money line, if you bet a money line in play or you bet a money line on a parlay or something like that, uh, they were at Wyoming Saturday, led by 11 points late. Lost in overtime. Uh, they gave up a four-point play with 26 seconds left. Uh, it was quite a scene. Uh, so that was a tough one. They did bounce back and win last night. Dayton and Richmond under 132. This was also on Saturday. Oh, this is a ridiculous scoreline. 20-15 to 15, Richmond. Leads at halftime, twenty to fifteen. It's thirty-five points. I mean, you could almost you could give up almost a hundred. Well, guess what? Goes over by a half. Free throw late, 69-64 Richmond final. Just this again a gut punch. College basketball stinging as bad as baseball, and then an NBA. Oh yeah, they got to get in the mix. The Thunder. They had been 28-1 and one when leading in the fourth quarter this year. Well, not anymore. They were minus 2.5 against the T-Wolves, blew the lead late, and lost the game. I believe that was on Monday. So, yeah, there's your bad beats for the week. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Just uh, really not fun stuff there. So, hopefully you didn't have any of those. But if you did, uh, better luck next time. Hopefully things get on the right track. All right, let's talk a little bit. Pebble Beach Pro-Am tomorrow beginning at – well, actually today if you're listening um, – or yesterday it actually teed off so this, these will always be posted at BLS underscore PRP you can get them on uh, Wednesday night or Thursday morning usually when they're out west I'll post them on Thursday morning uh, just be sure nobody pulls out there's nothing worse than that you, you get in on somebody and and, they, and especially if your book doesn't refund it which most should but uh, I don't know I talked about that last week too I don't think it's wrong Uh, All right, so Pebble Beach, historic place. Bad weather is expected here. You could have some rain. You're going to have some wind. They're out on the sea there in Monterey. It can get really rough. It can be really misty. It can be foggy. It can have a little bit of everything. So good, good stuff there. Uh, I'll be fading Rory McIlroy. That's one thing I do know. He's coming back over to the States. Been playing over in Europe, in Dubai, and all those places. I don't like his game right now. Um, I'm a fader of him anyways. Price is always ridiculous. So my top plays this week. I'm going to start with Max Homa, sixteen seventeen to one. Had a good history here. California guy can play all right in the in the weather like this and the wind. I like his game, uh, so he's my. Uh, he, I have three top picks, and he is one of them. And the other one, Tommy Fleetwood, thirty six to one. Probably find him upward of forty if you can hunt around. Uh, be sure you're hunting around at your books. All these apps in West Virginia, Ohio, wherever you got, you got tons of options. So find the best price you can find. Can find off by fifty dollars at these places. I mean, big, big, big differences. And then my last one, Matt Fitzpatrick, thirty-four to one. Probably can find him in the mid forties as well. Uh, thirty-four was just the lowest one that I saw. So he is a really, really good wind and rain type player. Can will fit these conditions very well. Like his game, can putt, can do a little bit of everything. I think he could be dangerous today. Keep an eye out for him. So those are my top plays: uh, Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, and Homa. Um, a mid range guys, Justin Rose won here last year. Love like his game a lot. He might be worth a spin on a top 20. Jason Day had last week. Didn't make the cut, but he's played very well in this tournament in the past. Uh, Rosie was 75 to 1. Jason Day, 40 to 1. Uh, Justin Thomas, I think his game's starting to come back into form. I think he could be dangerous here. Uh, so I'll probably give a look at him for a top 10. Jordan Spieth, 17, 18 to 1. Probably nobody's had a better track record at Pebble Beach than him over the last decade. He's just been outstanding here. So, if you're looking for some matchups, some round matchups and things like that, he might be a guy to play. He's also a guy worth looking at for a top 10. Uh he's going to be right there. He's he's really really his game just suits this course. Patrick Cantley uh playing pretty well right now. You find him around 18 to 1. He'll be a guy that'll that'll be in the mix here. I would imagine plays the course pretty well and then Victor Hovland, always solid, around 12 to one. He's a little too low for me to bet him to win. So I may look at some other things uh, to parlay with with him or some other guys to be in the top ten or top twenty something along those lines and then a couple of longer bomb guys Keith Mitchell around 90 to one had a really good track history here so I like his game for this course think he could do all right Brendan Todd actually taking a lot of steam from other people so that worries me a little bit I've heard him given out by other golf guys and you, if you listen to other shows you may have heard um, thought he could do all right here but uh, now that he's 95 to one can probably find him a hundred. 100 and upward, um, but I don't know if I'll be as excited about that bet now that a lot of people are giving him out. Mark Hubbard, 181 like his game too. He's been uh, been pretty solid in a lot of the golf statistical models that are out there. Um, So anyway, those are the bombers there, Todd Mitchell and Mark Hubbard. I'll have those posted at the BLS underscore PRP Twitter X page so you can check those out last week. Matthew Pavon wins on Saturday. The Frenchman, first Frenchman to win on the PGA Tour ever. And he you could find him anywhere from 150 to 250 to 1. Uh, we've just had m- massive bombs coming in the last few weeks. I think a bigger name will win this tournament, I think. But who knows? Golf is so deep right now, so many guys. And now with these live guys all leaving, you're taking out a chunk of 20 top-of-the-world, world-class guys. Terrell Hatton just went, obviously, Rom a few weeks ago. I mean you're taking out really good players from these PGA uh, tour events which these these then it's it's leaving the door open for for geese bombers to come in because if you have um you know if you have the top 20 golfers in the world and 15 of them are in the tournament you know chances are if week in week out those guys are going the cream's going to rise to the top so to speak but when you start only putting in like six of the top 20 and then there's a bigger gap there, and if those six guys aren't on their game, you know there's guys coming out from the clouds to win these events. So, keep an eye on it. Golf, a wonderful thing to bet, and you get a lot of good value on stuff, and uh, you can you can get lock in some really really good prices. So, keep an eye out. Pebble Beach Prairie Rams. it's a fun uh, event to watch. Check it out. Um, I'm sure it's on. I don't I think it's on CBS. You got the Waste Management next week, which is a uh, savage event that you'll want to tune in for um, excitement. All around. All right, let's go through the Super Bowl here really quickly. Um, nothing nothing in the Pro Bowl for me. I, I don't know if I have anything. I don't I don't even know how you can even make odds on this. We struggled with it last year. It's just it's almost impossible for flag football. It's just nowhere nowhere to go. You're basically just putting up a number, money line here or there, AFC, NFC or however they do the teams. I think it's how we did it last year. So uh, nothing on that one. If anything follows, I'll, I'll have that on uh, Twitter, X, BLS underscore PRP, along with the NHL All-Star Game Picks. All right, so my initial thoughts on the Super Bowl are this. I went through and rated um, eight categories for the teams, kind of like I did with the coaches uh, in the quarterbacks last couple of weeks. So I went through quarterback, skilled players, offensive, defensive line, linebackers, defensive back, special teams, and head coach. So, Here's where here we go. So obviously head coach Kansas City, not even a question. Uh, quarterback Kansas City, not even a question. Skilled players definitely goes to San Francisco. You got you got McCaffrey, you got Kittle, you got Debo Samuel, you got Ayuk. Chiefs they have Kelsey, they have Pacheco, and then they got a rookie uh, Rice. Those are their only real three weapons they have on offense. Uh, offensive line Kansas City slightly better. Great All Pro center. 49ers have an all-pro left tackle. Actually, like an all-world left tackle. But the rest of their line is very, very weak. So, the advantage goes to Kansas City. Defensive line, I think, is a push. Kansas City is better in the center of the defensive line with their pass rush. Now, the, neither team stops the run very well, ironically. But uh, San Francisco may be on the outside with the edge rushers with uh, Young, who's been awful in the running game. And he really hasn't done a whole lot rushing the passer. And then Bosa, of course. So, I gave that one a push. Linebackers, San Francisco... Uh, Greenlaw and Warner, they're they're awesome. Um, I think Kansas City's backers are pretty good, but you got Gaze, Hurt, um, Nick Bolton, who's exceptional, but I I give San Francisco the nod there in the linebackers. Defensive backs, Kansas City, without question, their corners are very, very good. Uh, One of the best pass defenses in the league this year. Special teams, Kansas City, uh, pretty much a landslide here. you got Butker, who has great range and great accuracy, and you have – uh, Moody, who has a really good leg, but is really, really struggling to uh, to make kicks right now. So there's an advantage to Kansas City. Um, so it broke down like this, 5-2-1 uh, for Kansas City in that game. So I'm going to be on the Chiefs. I, I, I was worried a little bit when the line went open and then rapidly went down to almost a pick'em because uh, it opened around San Francisco minus 2.5, went all the way down to like 1. There was some, like, Kansas City, like it was almost picks. There was juice to minus one, minus one thirty, and and I or plus no, it was actually minus one, like plus money, which is I was like, oh boy, like everybody's gonna bet Kansas City here. Um, so anyway, it's been some buyback on San Francisco. As long as it stays like that, I'll be on Kansas City. But if I start seeing just a landslide money on the Chiefs, I, I'm gonna have a hard time doing it. But I'm not gonna not bet them. I'm not betting San Francisco. Um. I just trust Mahomes and Andy Reid too much. I do like the under a lot in the game, 47 and a half. I like the under in the first half, 23. Uh, And then just looking ahead, Kansas City, actually not looking ahead yet, but listen to this stat. 18 and two, Kansas City, second half to the under this year. It's crazy, 3 and 0 in the playoffs. And then uh, going through some guys who I thought were um, MVP, potential MVP. Now this game to me is going to be low scoring. I think there's going to be The clock's going to bleed a lot. I think both teams realize they can run the ball in this game. I think uh, Mahomes obviously takes care of the ball very, very well. Shanahan is very conservative on offense. I think this game is, unless we have a couple of big plays or broken coverages or special teams or something like that, defensive score, I think the game has a good chance of staying under. And because of that, I could see Harrison Butker or somebody, well, I guess it's not going to be somebody. It's going to be him or Moody, but... Uh, I could see him kicking like four or five field goals in this game. So at 300-1, to, to I've seen up to 400-1. To uh, I think throwing a few dollars on Harrison Bucker to be the MVP is not stupid. Uh, and then I think if you're going to look at the Chiefs in a low-scoring game, if really there's not anything, I know they'll probably just give it to Mahomes, but if you want to take a, take a roll of the dice like I have, and I've actually done pretty well in MVPs in the past with some under-the-radar type MVPs. A defense, I, I think I had a defensive... There was a defensive MVP. I don't remember if it was Vaughn Miller. If he got it. But anyway. Uh, and I know I had Deion Branch one time. Which is way under the radar at a really big price. Uh, but I thought Lajarius Sneed was interesting. I thought Justin Reed was interesting. I thought Nick Bolton was interesting. And I thought Drew Tranquil. Uh, they're all at least 150-1 to one, Tranquil. All the way up to 401. Uh, Bolton I had last year. Uh, and he had a pick six. And he almost had a second one. But ended up getting called down. Because if he had that, I probably would have hit that ticket at like three hundred fifty to one. So uh, I was begging for that one. But anyway, those are some guys I'm on MVP. Nothing, nothing super finalized yet. Uh, going through a few of these props though that I like early. Just things to, to think about. Uh, any team to make a walk off field goal? I think that's definitely in play. That's yes eight plus eight twenty five. I think that's definitely in play. This will be a tight game. I would expect. Uh, Octopus who had one last year. That's a touchdown and a two point conversion score by the same guy, Jalen Hurts ran. The touchdown in and it ran the two pointer in last year. I think when you have a game like when you have Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, that's all very lively. Plus eleven fifty for a octopus. I think that could come into play too, even in a low scoring game. Sometimes the low scoring games have more of a chance of getting having two point plays because there's not a lot of scoring and you're strategically trying to figure out how I'm going to best get my team to avoid an overtime or however I'm going to try to gain the advantage back. Uh, position for the MVP, like I said, kicker. You can get. Uh, kicker, punter, long snapper. I, the long snapper would have to have recovered like two fumbles or something. I, I don't know how that can work, but 150-1. to one, I thought that was worth it. Uh, will there be a field goal in the first quarter? I said yes on that one at minus 120. I think that's a very good one. Will there be a touchdown in every quarter? I said no at minus 180. Two-point conversion successful, plus 325 to the yes. I like that one. Team total for Kansas City. Team total touchdowns, under two and a half. Team total touchdown San Francisco, under two and a half. I think both of those are worth a look. And then switching over to a couple of player props um, that will be on here early. These are all, try to go through these and you make your first gut instinct. Take a paper, go through them, find the ones that immediately in your mind say, I like this, I like this. And then come back and then you can start doing a little bit more research. I think Purdy passing yards under 247 and a half. I think that's a great one minus 120. Pacheco over his rushing yards. I've seen anywhere from 63 to 69 and a half for that. Over minus 125. I think he'll be relied upon really, really heavily. Kelsey, 60s, high, 60s, low 70s for him. Receiving yards. I think you probably take a shot with him or the over. I like that. Minus 120. Butker to make more than one field goal, minus 125. I love that one. And then Mark Marque- Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh over one and a half receptions, minus one twenty-five. Also, think him as a, there's some, some of those props for the longest reception. He might be worth a peak, too, as uh, he's played pretty well here the last couple of weeks. I gotta say, so he'll probably drop like six balls in this game. All right, that's gonna do it for the first or the second. This is the second segment, second segment of Batters Last Stand Show number seventy-two. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back with our man Sam. We're going to talk about the bush clash at the Coliseum this weekend, get his thoughts on everything MLB, NBA, NHL, and, of course, NFL. Uh, it's Better's Last Stand from the Pine Room Studios, presented to you by our friends at IC Cab. We'll be back after the break.
1: This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand.
0: All right, welcome back in Better's Last In Show number seventy-two. Sam joins us now here in the third segment, and man, Sam, I'm pumped up because we get to talk about racing finally. It's been a long winter, and uh, but racing is upon us here as we head to the L.A. Coliseum. I know it's not our favorite event, but hey, it's getting us a couple weeks closer to Daytona.
2: Yeah, you know what it. It's good to be here, first of all, Matt, because it is race season. It's official. Right. I can feel it. I, you know, I was writing down, I was jotting notes about the 2024 season. That's that's huge.
0: I know it was. There's I, no I, argument. I that. enjoyed it a lot, and uh, and I also last night I uh, I didn't get to start watching it yet, but I saw that Netflix has this show on NASCAR that just they just did, and it just came out this week. So I'm gonna w- start watching that now too, and uh, that's gonna get me fired up for the season. But yeah, it was nice to start jotting down notes and looking back at uh, some of the. The guys who ended the season well and who didn't end the season so well, and then just some of the the uh, the guys who who raced well at the uh, the Bush Lake Clash the last couple of seasons. So super exciting stuff. Um, I guess let's start there. Let's not waste any time. Uh, thoughts on the on the overall event? I know it's it's not your favorite. It's not my favorite, but like I said, it's, at least it's something.
2: Yeah, it, it is something. I don't I don't get it, but. I don't. It's like like the NFL is like, hey, we're going to start the season seven on seven. Right. We can't get everybody out there, but this is what we got. Nonetheless, it's going to not, it's not going to be as exciting as it should be because we're still in this Super Bowl hype. You know, we need that. We need that to end. Once that ends and we're really stuck with basketball and hockey, I think that's when it sets in. It's like it's race season.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we'll be two weeks away from Daytona this Sunday. So that's, that's an awesome feeling to have. Um, so who? Wait, you told me this before, and I can't remember who's the halftime show for this year for the. It's it's Machine Gun Kelly. Oh yeah, okay. How so, could I forget that? Jeez. Uh,
2: I know it's tough to forget. It's yeah. tough to forget.
0: All right. Well, we had Ice Cube a couple years ago, and uh, yeah, I, and maybe Pitbull was there one time. Pit, hey,
2: Pitbull's performing. I think either before or after. Okay. Well, he's race, involved so. in
0: racing, so he's probably right. pretty pretty excited about it. Uh, all right. So let's start. Let's just talk about um. I guess some of the new faces here. I mean, I guess we could, we should start with Stuart Haas, who has the, like, the big overhaul. Like, their whole team is. Well, I mean, you had Priest running in the, for them last year, and uh, obviously you had uh, uh, Briscoe, but now you got Noah Gregson and Josh Berry into the mix in the 10 and the 4. That's so weird that, like, I liked it better. Like, and I know this is not always possible now with the way they have these things chartered and the way they own the car numbers, but it was like, it's like a sudden thing for me when a guy goes right into Kevin Harvick's number four car. I, was, I wish they had another number they could use for like a season,
2: yeah, too. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. I think it should be Kevin Harvick's four. I think that Josh right. Berry should have his own number. Right, right. For I now, agree. at least.
0: I mean, until he at least proves himself. And then, you know, maybe a year or two under his belt, he's winning races. He's contending for titles. And maybe we let him go into the four car. But I had the same feeling when, when with the Dale Earnhardt back in the old days when the, someone goes right into the number three. Like, but at least now Richard Childress, who was obviously the owner of his team, owns that three now, so it's not as bad. But boy, Austin Dillon doesn't deserve that three. That's for damn Aren't,
2: sure. Yeah, it's tough when Austin Dillon's
0: in the three. <laughs> Although Austin <laughs> Dillon has run well here, I know Crash. he's got a second and a third under his belt. The problem is when the real points races start, he sucks. But, Irrelevant. All right, so. Noah Gragson, we talked about him. He's had some issues off the track. He's a, he's an interesting character. Uh, yeah. Josh Berry seems a little more stable, pretty talented driver. What what do you expect out of those two guys this year?
2: I think Berry's going to be our all right. Gragson's the big risk cuz I've heard on several different, you know, podcasts and shows that like Gragson's got talent, he can drive. Right. Maybe he shouldn't have gone to Legacy. You know, maybe he shouldn't right. have liked a couple of the things that he liked on the internet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. just, just the typical things that get you in trouble at work. Also getting under the tire barriers twice in the Wendy's car. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, ne- yeah. that, I'll Wendy's. never forget that until I die. Wendy's
0: is probably so happy. He's not affiliated with them anymore. <laughs>
2: that was one of the most comical races I've ever McDonald's watched. McDonald's
0: and Wendy's both under those big it, barriers.
2: And man. it was fucking Sonny D. Ricky Stenhouse yep, went Stenhouse. under there too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I think I think it's going to be good. I think for Stuart Haas, it's going to be good. It's it's probably tough to transition from, like, Almarola Yeah, I know. You know, and That's... getting rid of those guys that have been such a solid part of your team.
0: Right. So I think Barry will be better. I Yeah, and I'm not going to what, know what to do now. Almirola's out of the, the restricted plate races because he's a guy that I counted on a lot. Solid. He, ran. he outran his odds almost all the time. He was one of the best. It wouldn't surprise me. If he popped into another car uh, for for one of those big Daytona races or Talladega, because he is such a good plate racer, I could see him running a couple of races. I don't know if he said no or he would do that, but it wouldn't surprise me if I saw him do that.
2: Yeah, I think it'd be a waste not to. He's he's been he's been there too long.
0: He's seen right. too much, and so and he could get somebody a win that they would never otherwise be able to get. So I think that's something you definitely would would expect to have happen. It's not like. When they would bring Jimmy Johnson back in that oh Legacy God. Motor Club car, when he had no chance to win, he Jeez. goes from having the best equipment, and the best picker every week to the absolute worst. Uh, speaking of Legacy Motor Club, John Hunter Nemechek back in the big leagues. Uh, obviously, he handled that thing really well. Getting you know going back down. I mean, he went back down to the lowest he could go, and then works his yep. way back up. But he said build his confidence back up. And he thinks he's better for it. And uh, I didn't think he was terrible when he came up. He just, he was very, he was always around like, you know, what he reminded me of, he, I, I hate to even compare him to Lance Stroll in the F1 circuit, but he was always <laughs> like in the 15 to 20 range. He was never down yeah. in the 30s, but he was never really up in the top 10 a lot. He was just in the middle of the pack.
2: Yeah, and you saying, John Hunter Nemechek, Legacy Motor Club in general, it's a huge year because they're not with Chevy anymore. Right. It's their first year with Toyota. And a lot of stuff that I read that apparently Chevy was giving them the bad end of the stick when it comes to, like, just dealing with their cars and their engines and stuff like that. So maybe this switch is going to be like when I was talking about RFK last year and how they all needed to go. And, you know, maybe these guys are going to run all right. Like, Jones runs— Probably what three or four solid races. Yeah, a year. yeah.
0: There's a couple of tracks that he's really, really good at, and like a win contender. I think Darlington comes to mind, and there's one or two other ones that Eric Jones. I again, he's him and Daniel Suarez to me are guys that I, I don't know. Maybe it's their fault. Maybe they have found the right circumstance and they just haven't made the most of it. But to me, I feel like if those guys would get into the right to right the right rides, I, I think they're they would drastically improve their chances of winning races on a regular basis. But uh, I don't know. I, I I mean, I think Eric Jones is a contender. I, we'll see though. That Legacy Motor Club. We'll see. I, I, I I'm hopeful that they are oh, they are a contender, but you really don't know. But uh, all right. Let's see. Anybody else? I'm looking down my list here. If there's anyone else that I wanted to hit on as far as new rods. Uh, anybody that comes to mind for you? I don't think there's a whole. Uh, lot there's of...
2: like in the, for, I'm looking at the entry list for the Clash right now. Right. There's like Josh Williams is racing right. for colleague. Right. Uh, I mean. Uh, let's
0: see. Let's see. I just Daniel Hemrick's up. still with call. Oh yeah, right? Justin.
2: Justin Haley's oh, and, in fifty-one. And then uh,
0: Zane Smith is he? He's for Spire, I believe. Yep.
2: Zane and Carson Hosovar are both.
0: And then fresh faces. Cass Grayla is gonna run the, the whole circuit for yeah. Rick Ware, I guess. From which I seen. find
2: ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is so stupid. Nobody knows who this guy is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's that. And he's gonna run Bizarre. the opening
2: race for Rick Ware.
0: That's the whole issue with Rick Ware. Yeah. Well, that's why you stay away from Rick Ware. Uh, yep. All right, so Martin Truex won this last year. Joey Logano the year before that. As I mentioned, Austin Dillon has a couple of top fives in the event. If people aren't familiar with it, they do this heat racing, and then there's the last in. So they they, I'm trying to think. Did they have twenty? How many cars were in the finals la, on the final race last year? Twenty, early, low twenties. I, I thought say. it was like twenty three. Yeah, I think it, I think you're right. I think it was twenty three. So yeah, so the twenty three spots they can't, as Sam said, tracks too small, and it's like playing seven on seven because you can't you can't get all the field in there. But so you got Crazy. about fifteen cars that actually, in this case, it'll be more than that, but be about twenty cars probably that, that won't make the final race. Uh, but just talking about some of the top contenders, uh, obviously Truex, Logano have had success here. Denny Hamlin has not had that much success here, but you can't count him out. Your boy Kyle Busch, Sam, he's run well here before too, a yeah. second and a third. Uh, who stands out to you uh, in, in or your top contenders for the clash this weekend?
2: Well, you just said it. One, the guy that I picked to win it all last year, Kyle, Kyle Bush. All right. I think I think Kyle Bush is. I think he's going to have a good year. I may even go back to back on the picks. Oh to, yeah. to win it all. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure yet. I haven't come to that final conclusion. But a name that also stands out to me, and I know it's a big risk first one of the year, is Justin Haley.
0: I got him too. He, he's my dark horse in this race. He's ran yeah. well here. I uh, I I I think he's a good driver. I do. I've said that before. I too. I, I think. And he's...
2: I, it, it also reminds me of the Chicago street race. It was Justin Haley and Van Gisbergen that were battling up front towards yeah. the end, and Haley was good, but Van Gisbergen he would kick their ass. Yeah,
0: I know. How about that one? Um, uh, any of the other big names that you expect to be in contention here? What do you th- what, what do, do you not- think about uh, uh Larson? He's run pretty well, two top fives. Yeah, I like
2: him. I mean, I don't, I don't hate Blaney either. Yeah, I really don't. I, I, I fingers crossed. I really hope Blaney can transition this into another just.
0: I know. Kind of a, I, it worries me a little step. bit. He might. He's been on a party circuit pretty good, and I, I really, really like him as a guy. Uh, but it may take him a while to get zeroed back in. Uh, yeah. the, but we'll see. Uh, how about Chase Elliott? Where what happens to him? We'll talk more about it when we head towards Daytona. But this is a big season for him. He he you know he he's still the most popular driver, but last year was a total disaster.
2: Yeah, he's kind of like floating out in space for me right now. Like he's, he's his solid, you know, he's solid where he is. He's not going anywhere, but it's, you gotta get at least two to three wins. Right. I I think minimum. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you got, you gotta be, you gotta be down to the, you know, into the final, you know, couple stages of the playoffs too, where you're down to the last few races for sure. I'd expect him to rebound hard. Um, he, he could be very motivated. Uh, a couple guys I liked for this week I want to get your opinion on. Um, I'm big on Tyler Reddick in this race for some reason, and I like William Byron as well.
2: Yeah, I actually was looking at Reddick and Chastain. Their numbers are, I like a lot, like plus 2,000, plus 2,200, yep. at least what I'm looking at here. Yep, so, yep, that's what I got. I, I think Redick. Chastain. Chastain I would take over Reddick. I'm not sure why. I just feel like Trackhouse has a new life, new fresh air. They got Harvick's, you know, Bush Light. Sponsor, they have yeah, a bunch of yeah. money, they got a bunch of funds. So,
0: they're definitely they the hot the team. Up up. Them yeah. them, and them and uh, RFK were the hot team. What, where do you uh, where do you sit with RFK? Can they continue they, in the they're, momentum? They're
2: Matt, that stretch they had last year, the second half of the season was unbelievable. Nomination.
0: Probably maybe the two uh, best cars,
2: yeah. They were, they really were. I, I pray that that can happen again because it was exciting to watch and I loved it. I just seems like it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah. But you know what?
2: I said that last year. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: I know. They they did not start out well, but they really, really got the momentum going. And uh, obviously, uh, I mean, Keslowski really put it together, but Busher was exceptional last year. He, He outperformed anything he had previously ever done. Um, I think this is a big year for a few guys. Obviously, we've talked about it before in the in the past. With uh, we got we got his flag up here on the wall. Alex Bowman, (laughs) big year for him. And uh, Austin Cindric will probably never get fired from Penske, but he's got to pick it up, man. He can't just. He's got to be better. He's really good road racer and a really good plate racer. And last year, he wasn't very uh, much of a contender at either one.
2: No, I'd take Kaz Gralla over Austin Cindric <laughs> in this race. I would. I think Cindric DNF last year in this race. He, I think he did too. He was he was atrocious. But,
0: uh, all right. Anything else uh, you want to hit on before uh, we move to some of the other less exciting sports?
2: I don't think so. I'm excited this I uh, okay. Do you want it to be a good race, or do you want it to be a bad race so they don't come back? Because this is you know contract year. It's up. I, yeah, I I know,
0: and I'm wondering what they'll do. I. I'm I'm wondering where they'll take it because I know that the, the whole point of doing this is trying to bring more eyeballs in, obviously, that giant metropolitan area out there. I, I get that, and that is good for racing. So I do think if they move it, I think they'll try to go for another big score. I don't know what they could come up with. Like, I could see them trying to do this at like MetLife Stadium or something. You know what I mean? Like, something right. like in the New York market, it probably couldn't be there. But, like, something that would give them – um, I don't know. I don't know what they would come up with, but if they're not going to renew it there, um, and then I think they'll go to another metropolitan market because they figure this, you know, getting people... Because they know all of us diehards are going to be watching this even if we hate it. Like, we're going right. to do it anyway. So right. it's like, I'm going to try to attract somebody who isn't into this sport yet and bring them out to the track. So, But uh, I kind of hope it's chaos, but, but I don't I know. I do too. I'd like to I see a little I'm... bit of good racing, but... If it's hey, just, how can it's, you, Matt? Yeah, you,
2: there's, You can fucking throw a, a rock and hit the car on the other side of the track. It,
0: it's really like being at some like the, some go-kart tracks that you've seen in your lifetime, really. <laughs> yeah, it's not much yeah. different. But.
2: It, honestly, Matt, it's like they set up the, the track inside of West Banco. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they yeah. fucking run it here.
0: They should try that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we look forward to the Clash this week. Uh, I'll post our picks on uh, the... Uh, Twitter page, BLS underscore PRP. Uh, hopefully we can get a couple of uh, early season winners there. Uh, two weeks till Daytona. That's a great feeling. All right, Sam, t- tell me about um, with the NBA right now. We got some teams who are not playing so well. We got some other teams like the Knicks who are playing hot, although your boy aircraft carrier, crashed the other day dude but uh it's talk it sounds like the knicks could be in line for another trade here there maybe malcolm brogdon or something so tell me about the eastern conference anybody that you're i mean mb got hurt last night what's gonna happen to him celtics aren't playing very well bucks got a new coach give me give me some uh, gut feelings on the the nba right now
2: one the mb thing i find very odd that you know that's sick that 65 game thing that they need for right. that i find it odd that he was not feeling too hot but he played right uh, the Bucs coach thing, I don't think Doc Rivers is it. No. There's, I mean, that's such a, I mean, that's like a typical hire. I don't even know. That's yes. just like the coaching yes. carousel of like, oh, who's available. I'm surprised they didn't hire, uh, what's his face from the Warriors after, you know, the guy before Steve Kerr.
0: Uh. Oh, Don Nelson? <laughs> no. the. Oh,
2: the yeah. He uh, was there before. I can, oh, I can oh, Mark Mike Jackson. Brown. Mark, or Mark or, Jackson. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and, and Mike Brown, he was too. Yeah, yeah Mark geez, Jackson, before he yeah. couldn't figure out, with those guys in their primes, he couldn't figure it out.
2: Yeah. Right, like, I'm surprised they didn't hire There's that the TV. guy. But yeah. <laughs> the, East, the East is weird because it seems like the dominant team is just going
0: to be the Celtics to me. Yeah, and even they haven't played very well, well the last week. But maybe these guys are kind of hitting the wall. Maybe the All-Star break and they get – they get it, you know. You may get. It. I wouldn't imagine Boston would make too many moves, though, would you? They, I don't know what they what else they really need. I think Philadelphia will. I think New York will try to. I don't. Maybe the yeah. Pacers will try to make another move.
2: Um, yeah, I was reading that they uh, Knicks might get Bruce Brown, but you know,
0: I don't. <laughs> I don't
2: think Bruce Brown's the got edge. The,
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, at For least sure. if they don't. If they they get him, he won't go to the Lakers. Uh, moving out west now. LeBron had another meltdown last night. Uh, I've never seen a guy complain so much, and he gets all the calls, and he still complains. And now he wants more uh, better players. And Anthony Davis is going through his usual PMS period where he can't, oh, no. you know, perform at all, and he's always hurt. So ah, I don't know. What do you make of out west? The Clippers maybe still the standout team. Definitely the standout team. But I'm a huge fan of the
2: Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, plus 1900 to win it. I think they're so solid at every position. And the, the players know what they need to do to win. Yeah. I, I just think that they're a very dangerous, very dangerous team. And yeah. the Suns, I, I cannot stand the Suns. They are the <laughs> most overrated team.
0: Yes. No bench. No bench.
2: Nope, no, you're right. No bench. They just have three superstars. I uh, just Grace Grayson Island, too. You got to shout out to Grayson
0: Island. Still in the league. <laughs> Hanging on. Hanging yeah. on. Uh, I, like
2: the, I like the Thunder. Honestly, yeah, I, of, I, I, I hope teams. they can
0: put it together. I, I, I do. I, they've had a, a pretty strong season. Uh, T-Wolves, you just wonder how these teams will play. Um, you know, Obviously, a lot of it depends on who they match up with in the playoffs. The longer you can stay away from the Clippers, I think it will probably be good for everybody. But uh, I'd also expect some of these teams to make some moves. There'll be some guys that get bought out that are going to go join a team to try to championship chase. And uh, so we'll see who can amass the, the better uh, reserve players because that's kind of what it's going to come down to.
2: Like, I when I look at this, you know, you see the T Wolves in first 33 and 14. Right. And when I think of, like, let's say Noah Gregson, I think of under the tire <laughs> barriers, right? When I think yeah. of the Timberwolves, I think of Carl Anthony's towns scoring 62 lose and they it. lose.
0: Yep, it's yeah. like
2: I just these regular season records, Can't trust they don't, them. no, I, I don't trust any of it.
0: Yeah, and it's any like any of it. I would say more so than even in the olden days, uh, in hockey, the same exact way. Like it doesn't like the one verse eight. Well, you have that play in round, but whoever the team that faces the number one seed, if it's if it's a team that matches up good with them, they'll have a chance to beat them. Look at the Panthers. The Panthers right. went on that run, they beat exactly. Boston and then yeah. So the boom, anything is possible. Uh, I would say. How about going back to the East real quick? I, what do you think of the Miami Heat? I thought that trade they made last week was pretty decent, but they've not really gotten on track at all. But do you, I mean, I trust Spolster enough. I'm, maybe they'll get it together when they need to. I maybe
2: I mean we're not part of Heat culture, yeah. so you know we don't have the inside information. But I don't think they're as good as I mean they're twenty four and twenty three, but I don't, I don't think they're that good. Yeah. I really don't.
0: And even last year, remember they were shit last year, and then caught fire in the playoffs, and just yeah. So I don't know who's gonna be that team. Jimmy, Jimmy and Bam Adebayo, yeah. to and get Jimmy you to just the looks finals. like he gets older every night. I like the guy, but at least they got rid of Kyle Lowry. It was painful to watch him out there. Hey, I, I wouldn't mind a Pacers Thunder NBA finals. That would be awesome. I, that would be. I'd actually really enjoy that. Just get that something awesome. fresh out there. Awesome. Uh, the Thunder. What could have been? I thought. I Oof. really thought when they made it to that finals, uh, when all them guys were there. To, you know, when Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. I, I thought. I was like, this, this is. I thought they were going to be the Warriors. Like I thought they were going to be back there several times, and then. <laughs> Then that oh. happened. Then yep. those idiots all go rogue and uh, try to win alone. It didn't work out very well. Uh, Durant sure. championship chase and the other two. Yeah. Uh, all right, NHL. We're on All Star break this week. Penguins probably need it. Uh, they're other than Crosby. It's just it's not pretty right now. Uh, they demoted Carlson off the power play. Finally. Papa yeah, uh, Tang back. Uh, are they going to trade Gensel? I, w- I was saying earlier in the show, I wish they would trade Jari. There's teams out there dying for a goalie. And if you, I'm, the national narrative with him is not the same for our as our local area. People who watch the Penguins every night know we can never count on him in a playoff series. But the national people up there in Western Canada, they think this dude's a freaking god. I'd say trade him to the Oilers and be done with it. Get something decent back.
2: We'll give you Gensel and Jari. Yeah. Give Honestly, you're right. Jari is like it's like the Matt Murray thing, right? Everyone no, loved only, Matt only Murray, Matt I never Murray actually he was that won, great. Yeah. right? Matt Murray won, but I never thought he was like a superstar. No, I agree with you. He was. They good made that for trade a... for him, sure. and they were all excited up up north. And then shit, he's on the <laughs> Dallas Stars now. <laughs> Barely sees you know?
0: any time. Yeah, um, yeah. I I I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. Penguins. they Maybe my they, Kings are struggling too. Oh God, they've hit the skids. Bad, Christ. I know. Uh, Winnipeg playing pretty well right now, but. This time of the year, you just don't know uh, how teams are come back out of the All Star break is going to tell you a lot. A lot of these teams need some rest. I think the Kings are one of those teams. They they really really hit the wall. Um, I I don't know. I guess we'll reevaluate once we see what people do and if uh, some of these teams. I like. I thought Detroit was interesting. If they they can make a trade for you know goalie or you know upgrade a little bit, but I don't know. Rangers haven't been playing well towards the end of the of the first part of the season, and then the Devils have been pretty disappointing for people. Uh, so have the Sabres. Uh, Sabres yeah. were... A lot of people talked about the Sabres, and uh, they've been awful. Uh, so I don't know. I think the Eastern Conference is looking pretty ragged right now. It looks like the Western Conference might be, might be significantly better. Honestly, I, I the Avalanche will probably win it all. They're sick. They are. and then I mean, I don't know what... Edmonton is, is going to be going to tie the Penguins' 17-game win streak here after the yeah. break against Vegas. But I would say between... I don't think Edmonton can win, and I really don't. I just don't know if they have good enough goaltending, but they have improved. But I would say you're right. Colorado, Vegas, I mean, those teams. I mean, Dallas is pretty solid. I mean, the West has some pretty good teams. Yeah, they
2: do. I just think something about the Avalanche and McKinnon and McCarr and just everything that – they remind me of the Lightning.
0: Yeah, no, they, they. you're right. They're like the mini Lightning. And then they'll probably add a guy or two, and there'll be somebody on one of these teams like – Buffalo, one of these teams, is way out of it that they'll uh, start dumping guys and, and and they'll pick up some depth players. I saw Corey Perry's back in the league now. So, <laughs> after that we weird uh, situation, but yeah, uh, NHL All Star Game or it's not even a game really; it's a three on three tournament this weekend in Toronto. So I'm sure that's not going to be. Um, chill. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think there's anything we can we can give out to the people on that one. Uh, How about baseball? One bit of good news today for me, the Orioles, (laughs) the Angelos family sells the Orioles. This is a great, great thing. This would be about as uh, big a deal as if the Pirates were being sold by the Nuttings. That would be how big this is. I can only imagine how excited I would be. They'd be be shooting fireworks off in the city right now. The the Oriole people are probably having a
2: parade. I, I think that he would be shocked at how
0: excited the city would be if he gave up ownership! Like he'd be devastated. Can you? I here's what I I could predict happening. He if he even announced that he could play the ultimate fuck you on the city if he wanted to, and say he's gonna sell the team. Season tickets would go through the roof, and then he would oh, yeah. say, "I'm not selling anymore because yes. he's yep. so cheap." Yep, I decided. I just changed my mind. That would be a move he would make. All right, now oh, rounding yeah. it out, uh, football. Last week was a disgusting performance by the Ravens. Uh, they, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Uh, Chiefs get the job done there, and then the Lions blow it against the 49ers. What were your thoughts on the two conference championship games? You did get uh, Zay Flowers to score, but then I he know. went nuts, a fucking moron. He could have had I two, know. and he cut his hand, and he got a taunting call. It was a mess. It was a total mess. I think Lamar
2: just—I don't know if it was him, but he made some bad, bad decisions. Yeah. That interception was terrible. terrible. Terrible at the end of the game. I just think that the Chiefs, it's like playing the Patriots. I hate to say it. Yeah, they're... it's just that weird that they're just there. They show up. It's Mahomes. It's Kelsey. It's Reed. Yes. They don't need more than seventeen points, obviously, to
0: to win. Yeah, not anymore. They don't.
2: You know. So I just think that Lamar, had a ton of pressure on him too. Great, yeah. great season, MVP. It's.
0: Yeah, and they just they, they abandon the run game. They try to make yeah. him force him to pass too much. I, I don't know. I, something was off. The Baltimore defense played well enough to win. They they shut them out in the second half. And Kansas City's defense has been really well or played very well. Um, but yeah, you're right. They they are the new Patriots right now. They're that's. There's no question about it, uh, and like Valdez Scantling, he caught right.
2: that. You know what I mean? Like that's when amazing. you're catching
0: that ball in that moment, Incredible. that's when it's that's when you know. All right, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, this guy drops him. He's nine yards behind a guy, <laughs> yeah. and he, and it's right in his hands, and in striding, and then he makes this diving play to to seal the game. Just yeah. crazy stuff. But hey, like I said last week on here, I, I, I thought Kansas City was the bet. I just you can't go against them right now, and especially when they're catching points. And then uh, over to the other game, oh, boy, Dan Campbell. Oh, boy, just uh, some interesting decisions. Everybody loves it when he's a gambler during the season, but this isn't week five against the Bears. This is at San Francisco. You're you're in the lead by 17 points. You have a chance to go back up 17. Field goal is never guaranteed, guarantee, but got a pretty good kicker. I don't know what he's doing there. I don't know what they're doing to time out at the end. I, I don't know. It was a mess.
2: I, I like that he followed his gut, the same thing he did all season. Right. But it's just a different scenario. Sure. It's like the Super Bowl. This is the only chance they may ever have to get right. there. And, like, any any opportunity I had to take a 17-point lead to tw- to even 20, yeah. I'm taking it get as every ahead as time. You can. Right. Points, points, points. And it's just once they didn't convert that first one, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. you know, that's like a momentum thing oh, that it was. plays into their and head. And then
0: Frisco goes down, scores, and then Gibbs fumbles, and then the game's tied. It's yeah. like blink of an eye. Yeah, you, you knew it was trouble there. And, and San Francisco is not a team built to come back. They've really struggled in that role. But then when you gift them a possession like that, basically turning away points and then turning the ball over the next time. Yep. Uh, yeah, they they didn't have to do you. a whole lot. But, uh early thoughts on the we'll talk more about it next week but early early thoughts on the game as a whole uh 49ers and chiefs
2: uh give me the I'm, I'm just gonna say right now give me the chiefs I'm not doing yeah. anything against Mahomes. nothing fancy
0: that's what I I'm hope
2: at. shanahan does another shanahan you know he's,
0: he's in the spotlight oh, yeah. again oh yeah he yep he he, he he will be pissing down his leg I'm sure yeah I went, I went through the I was going through just the comparisons of the teams, and if you just start right out of the shoot with coach and quarterback, the you know, Chiefs have a distinct advantage. Like nothing right. against Purdy, but he's not Mahomes. Nobody is, and no. uh, I don't know. San Francisco's got some holes. I, I kind of found. I kind of think the wrong team's favorite in the game, to be quite honest with you. But San Francisco has been power rated through the roof all season, but they have not played well. I probably like the last five weeks.
2: No, I just think that, like you, you said it honestly. Like they have Mahomes and read they have purdy but but it's not even purdy that's that it's everything around him you know right. i just i i like the chiefs i'm not yeah. doubting the homes i'm not nope. doing
0: it hard to go against them and then you got the world of t swift on their side too Jesus, man. which is uh craziness it's gonna uh it's gonna blow up some uh some tv ratings that's for sure here in a couple of weeks but All right, Sam. uh, Pleasure as always. Enjoy the racing action. It's great to say that this week. I know. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the clash. Best of luck in your bets. And uh, if anything pops up on your NBA radar, you gave me a good winner last (laughs) night with Clint Capella. It rebounds over. So uh, shoot it our way, and we'll be happy to post it. So thanks again, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Go, Box. All right. All right, that's Sammy P. from Upper St. Clair. Great insight and analysis, as always, from him. Thanks to him. For joining us today, that's going to do it for us here Better's Last Stand, show number 72 from the Pine Room Studio, presented by IC Cab. Be sure and join us tomorrow, or today, actually, Friday, on the radio, 12 to 3. we got a loaded show. You're not going to want to miss it. Lunch Madness. Isaac Basinger talking nailers. And Kurt Stein checks in from Maryland talking about his high school football program that he's built up out there. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for us. Best of luck this week and we will be back here in the Pine Room Studio next week for another episode of Better's Last Stand. Good luck to everybody in their bets, and we'll see you next time. Alright, welcome in. Better's Last Stand. Back after a Thanksgiving hiatus. Last time, we were seen over at Belmont Brew Works. Had our buddy Rick on the, on the show. He uh, had us over. It was a great uh, evening. We talked a lot about sports betting on the show, as always, and then uh, had a few drinks and uh, something to eat. So it was a good time. Chris here with me in the studio.
2: Hello.